Yo, what's going on? Hey, thanks so much for joining me today on The Shalene Show. After getting so much feedback from the last episode that I did, or one of the most recent ones, in fact, we'll put a link as always in the show notes to the episode I just did, kind of sharing our messy middle parts of our marriage and our business that a lot of people don't know, or maybe you knew little pieces of it, you didn't know the whole story, kind of juicy. I just want to say thank you. I got so many freaking messages, inboxes. It's just crazy. So I guess a lot of, well, it's not surprising, is it, that so many of us who have been in long relationships can relate to how beautiful it is. It's possible to have it be beautiful again, but to look back and realize like how horrible (laughs) it was at certain points and how fortunate I feel that we're still together. So today I thought I would devote this show to what it takes to recover from betrayal. Is it possible to restore your trust? I think the answer is yes, but let's talk about it, shall we? Before we go too far, let me take a moment to thank our show sponsors for a very personal reason this week. As you may have heard, we are helping with the care of my father-in-law who has Alzheimer's. I'm going to do a little special episode on Friday. I might do it kind of ongoing for a little while in this season just because I need it. I need to kind of vent about what I'm experiencing. And I think it's something a lot of you are going to be going through too. Like a lot of us, our parents are baby boomers and the boomers are just being ravished by Alzheimer's and dementia. So I'd I'd like to talk about that again on Friday and just tune in on Friday. If you're like, I'm not interested, I don't care, then that's cool. You can skip that day. But that's what I'm going to talk about on Friday. And I think I will do so in just a really, you know, like friend to friend kind of way, just be honest about what's going on and what we're going through. And hopefully that will be helpful. But one thing that I discovered is in order to have Bob like be his best, we have to get his nutrition right. We have to keep him busy. We have to keep him calm. And we have to make sure he has the right sleep. If we can do those things, it's a good day. What we've been struggling with this week a lot has been anxiety and just really bad sleep. Now, we've been trying to figure out like, okay, how can we get him to do a capsule, like a melatonin capsule or a sleep capsule or CBD? And because this man will not take capsules we found that we could use gummies. And I'm really, I can't even tell you how thankful I am for my soul mm-hmm. CBD. So we have been using my soul CBD gummies and Bob believes they're just a candy. So we'll just say like, hey, here's your evening snack. And you know, I'll have a little, a couple in my hand and I'll give a couple to Brett and then I give a couple to him. And he's like, well, okay. And he's like, they're delicious. And that's how we're able to get some CBD in him. And I just have to say thank you to all of you who've reached out and said, you know, try CBD with your father-in-law. Because, I mean, we have it in the house and I hadn't even thought about it. The reason why I love my soul CBD is there's no THC. So we don't have to worry about that. They are third-party lab tested. And literally, the gummies are so delicious that Bob thinks they're a candy, a dessert. Right now, his favorite is the one that tastes like a pina colada. I think it's called coconut vanilla. I think it should be called pina colada. But I love all the CBD products from My Soul CBD. I wish I could get them to take the sleep capsules. Don't give up hope. 
I'm working on it. But in the meantime, the CBD gummies have made a huge difference for him. And of course, for our pets, I've got a new pet line that's amazing. It's just really helpful for anyone who's trying to just balance your central nervous system. That's the miracle of CBD. It's helpful for moms. It's helpful for entrepreneurs. Obviously, it's helpful for anyone who has anxiety. It just, it really does help to recalibrate your homeostasis. So they are organically farmed, gluten-free, They taste delicious, the gummies, but they also have oils. They have capsules. It's wonderful for inflammation, sleeping issues. And here's the really cool part. You get 20% off automatically when you go to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. I'm going to say that again. You get 20% off automatically. All you have to do is go to this link, which will be in the show notes, mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. Shaleen. And unfortunately, there's no shipping to Canada at the moment, but if you're in the United States, you're in luck. All right, let's get to the show. After sharing the story of Brett and I, I heard from many of you who are either in the middle of a separation or you divorced or you had something similar happen. Like betrayal is betrayal. It can take on so many different forms. It can be someone being unfaithful to you, someone hiding something purposely, someone being dishonest, lying, even someone just being disloyal, like your very best friend can betray you. Your partner in business can betray you. It can be unfaithfulness, cheating, an affair. It can be withholding information, like not telling you something. All of these things feel like just a knife in the heart. It can hit you at your core especially when it's someone who you really trusted. You were so vulnerable with them or you cared for them so much. You were there for them. It's most painful when it's shocking, when it doesn't line up with who you thought that person was. And it makes the pain very complex. But the pain of betrayal isn't just about the person who betrayed you and restoring your faith in them. It's also about, in my opinion, now I'm not a professional, but I can tell you I've had enough of this that I want to speak to you about it. I think the first thing I've come to realize is that every time this happened, whether it was in my own marriage or with a friend or a business associate or someone who I worked with, someone who I cared about, someone who I put my stamp of approval on them and introduced them to my circle of people and I just really trusted them. I went to bat for them. You know the type. Whenever this has happened, usually, I mean, I figured out in hindsight that I was most upset with myself, like angry that I didn't see the signs. You know, one of the first things I remember saying to myself after learning about Brett's addiction and the truth about how far in debt we were and learning about like all the things that were right under my nose, all the things that happened where I'm like, dang it, how stupid am I? Like I literally said those words over and over and over and your brain is always listening. So even though I was, you know, upset with him, I kept degrading myself and putting myself down and questioning myself and getting angry with myself, not just in the circumstance with Brett, but anytime I've been betrayed by someone I really loved and cared about, I would have to say the deepest pain was the 
pain I felt from misjudging, the doubt I had. And I could feel my own belief in my ability to have a good radar for good people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I've always believed like, Psh, I know good people. I can spot them a mile away. And each time I've been betrayed, although I've healed and learned to trust again, the one thing I will say has helped me is to be a little slower to give my trust. That's the first thing I want to tell you is that restoring your trust and your ability to trust someone again, it does actually need to change. It might be a lesson that people need to work a little harder to earn something so valuable from you. And I think it's great that we think people are good and that we trust them on face value, but I think it's also prudent to be careful and cautious and allow time to pass. The next thing that I have to give you as a suggestion is to forgive yourself. You may be focused on the other person and thinking about forgiving them, but the very first person you must forgive is you. You have to understand that you are in a situation. Of course, you have personality tendencies. Of course, you are a kind person. And, and I also believe this to be true of myself. The reason why betrayal always hits me so hard, and this is going to sound a little righteous, is because I would never freaking do that to anyone. Never. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I won't even cut in line if like a family member is a couple of people in front of me and they're like, mom, just come up here. I can't. I absolutely can't. I just believe God is always watching. So it's really hard for me, shocking, I guess, when I'm betrayed by someone else and I'm just shocked. But I've learned to forgive myself for the fact that I see good in others and believed that they were better than that. Like, I have to forgive myself for believing so much in them. And that self-forgiveness requires compassion. It requires me recognizing that I have flaws and vulnerabilities. And some of these things aren't flaws. They're positive characteristics. I think it's a really positive characteristic that I think the best of people, that you trust people, right? I think that's a really good thing that you believe the best of others. Yeah, it means you might get hurt, but it's such a good quality. And yeah, it might be shocking when these things happen because you would never do them, <laughs> but it's still such a great quality that it's shocking to you, right? Like how bad would it be if it wasn't shocking? It's important to know that the behavior of the other person is, it's on them. It was their choice and it reflects who they are, not who you are. Your picker, your radar for good people is not broken. It's not off. Their moral compass was off. They were off, not you. So forgive yourself. You have to do that first. This is my third point, is to seek understanding before you decide that it was personal, before you decide that it was intentional, before you cast moral judgment, and I know this is really hard. I say before. I don't know if I've ever done it before. I've, I definitely have done it after. One of the very first things I did, and I always do, 
when I am betrayed is I try to understand that the person who betrayed me, their past, their history, because I know it's not about me. It couldn't be. I believe in myself. So I have to look at what is it about their past, their history, their experience that brought them to this place? What motivated this? What fueled this to happen? What was the catalyst? Shortly after I learned about Brett's gambling addiction and confronted him, I just went into research mode as I always do. I wanted to understand, okay, what is it that causes people to gamble? And it's like any other addiction. So if you've been betrayed by an addict, someone who drinks, does drugs, someone who's gambling or shopping or sex addiction, someone who's having regular affairs, sex addict, all of these addictions, you have to understand the addiction. It feels personal. So that it is not. Most of the time, this person is relieved to be found out. Not always, because there are betrayals that just happen because people are lousy and they're trying to pull a fast one. But if it's someone who you wish to continue a relationship with, and when I say that's usually a family member or someone who you are maybe married to, or you've been in a relationship for a really, really long time, and there is a belief or I guess a desire on your part to keep it together, to see if it's possible to repair it, then you have to start with understanding. Now, like if this is someone who you worked with and you're like, Mm-mm, no, burned once, not going to do that again. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a vested interest. You just misjudged someone. I think you can move on, right? I don't know. You have to look into their past and their childhood. But if it's someone who you are, is a family member or a very dear friend, or you have a very long invested history with, and you would like to consider if it's possible to salvage, I think you have to start with, Research. First, you have to research, okay, how did they betray you? Was it lying? Was it stealing? Was it withholding information? Was it an addiction? And then understand why people do that behavior. Addicts are usually covering up some kind of pain. They're distraction. That is a distraction. They often are victims of abuse or childhood traumas. And that's not to make an excuse for it. I'm just saying it's very common to be associated with those things. Trust me when I say this. These are not excuses, but they may be contributing factors. That's all. Research that. Research the behavior. We're going to take just a quick break so that I can tell you about a super affordable shopping tip, a healthy affordable shopping tip, Thrive Market. Have you guys tried Thrive Market? If you haven't, oh, you don't even know what you're missing. This is how you can get your favorite healthy food that a lot of times is not available at the local grocery store or you know Walmart or wherever it is you're shopping. This is how you have access to healthy food and snack options delivered right to your front door. And their Thrive brand items are amazing. All right, they provide amazing deals, healthy snacks for kids, like all the those ingredients that you hear people talking about. You're like, where do you even find that? How do I even bake with those ingredients? Where do I find keto-friendly options or vegan or vegetarian or paleo or low sugar or gluten-free? Like, where are these things in abundance? They are at 
Thrive Market. And one of my favorite snacks that we get all the time are these Lillaby Brownie Thins. Oh, I love Lillabies. A great little mom and pop company. And they're my favorite snacks. You guys are so, so, so good. They look like little tiny wafers. And I love the thin mint ones. Oh, they're so good. You can get those at Thrive Market. You can also filter by the brands that you love when you go to their website. Their app is super user-friendly to use. And it's so much more convenient than trying to go to Whole Foods and then Sprouts and then here and there and try to find it at Ralph's. Like, this is the place to go. This is a membership site, but I'm telling you, I am telling you that you will more than make up for the price of the membership in just the savings you have on your first order. A one-month membership is only $9.95. 12 months is only $5. You get billed $59.95. Like, you guys, do that. That is so worth it. So here's what you need to do. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash lifer. All right, thrivemarket.com forward slash lifer. Join today and you'll get 25% off your first order and they're going to give you a free gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com forward slash lifer for 25% off your first order and your free gift. Thrivemarket.com forward slash lifer. I guess is this number four? You've got to research the person. Again, and this is only if you have a desire to maintain the relationship or to restore the trust to salvage what is left, you've got to understand their childhood and maybe they do too. All right. What do I mean by that? Ask the questions. Like, why would someone who you trusted so much and loved, why would they do this to someone who they say they love, they say they care about? That was a really difficult piece for me. I just couldn't understand if you say you love me as much as you do in our family, why would you ever take this risk? Why would you do this? And the answer was, he couldn't help it. I didn't accept that answer, P.S., until I understood the addiction. But the only way I would understand the addiction is if I understood what it was that he experience as a child that made him want to have a distraction or need a distraction. And we all have traumas, small T and big T, and they affect each of us in different ways, traumas, experiences, painful experiences. So understanding what is at the core of this person is going to require a lot of patience. It's not one conversation. It's hundreds of conversations. And you may need the help of a therapist. This is not something the average person is qualified to do. And if you're truly, truly invested, you cannot say we can't afford therapy because a divorce is much more expensive because being estranged from your lifelong best friend is pretty painful. Like, Just consider how valuable it could be to have a professional helping you through this. I also believe in order to recover from a betrayal, the betraying party must have, I probably should have started with this, must have remorse. This is just my opinion. Y'all, this is just my opinion. I can't give you my trust again if there's not deep, real remorse. Deep, real remorse. And in the stories that I've heard from 
countless members of this audience that if there isn't remorse on the part of the person who did the betraying, I just don't know how you move forward. It just sounds to me like from you know listening to your stories and a few friends who've been betrayed by someone who they really loved a lot, that if they try to just like, you know, move past it, but the person who did the betraying never owned up and they just try to move past it, it just keeps resurfacing because the trust never builds again. Like, because you can't trust someone who isn't remorseful for what they did, right? Or if their remorse is like this, well, I'm sorry, but like, that's not remorse, y'all. That's like, I'm sorry I got busted, right? I think that's first and foremost. I mean, I, I have an acquaintance who her, she and her husband experienced extramarital affairs. And neither of them ever showed remorse towards each other. They both would bring it up regularly, which is so interesting because they both had affairs. They bring it up regularly and use it to kind of like, you know, keep the argument going, but also as an excuse, like, well, I'm sorry, but like, how often do I have to apologize? And frankly, if you are the person who's betrayed someone and you would like to have trust restored, maybe, hey, by the way, if you're listening to this right now and someone has betrayed you and they're working to restore trust, they want your trust in them again, send them this episode. Maybe it will be helpful because what I'm about to say makes a huge difference. If you are the person who did the betraying and you truly want trust to be restored, it is your job to fix it. It is your job to rebuild the trust. It is your job to answer the questions, to explain, like, let's say, for example, you were the shopping addict or the gambler. You know, you've lost trust. So it is your job to rebuild it and repair it. And you should probably wake up every single day and say, I'm sorry, I love you. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to the store. I'll be gone for X number of minutes. Go ahead and put my find your iPhone on. Like, you know, if you really, really want that trust back, you have to give your partner full access to freaking everything, everything. Otherwise, he or she, the person who was betrayed, they right now are in fight or flight mode. They're trying to figure out if they're stupid to give you an inch when you don't deserve it. And it is your job to earn it back. So give them full access to everything or no, you can't be trusted, period. If you're not willing to do that, then you're too proud to make this work. And you're the problem. You are the problem. And you can leave this relationship and go torture someone else. But it starts with you. If you're the person who did the betraying, it is your job to expect that that person who you hurt, they need to have their guard up. They need to have their radar turned to full attention. They need to question the things you say and you do because they're learning to restore trust in themselves. It's not just you who they're trying to figure out if they can trust again. They're trying to figure out if they can trust their own intuition. And it's difficult for someone who stays after they've been betrayed if you stay after you've been betrayed, because not just questioning your own ability to 
pick up on those signs. You're also questioning whether you're weak for leaving or staying. Like, if I leave, does that mean I'm weak? If I stay, does that mean that I'm weak? And if there's, by the way, any type of intentional, emotional, or physical abuse, you must leave. You must leave and you must get professional help. I do not think that any type of physical abuse is a betrayal. It's abuse. And you must get out. And in many situations, that doesn't just take a good deal more strength. That takes support. It takes therapy. It takes help. But you need to believe that you must get out. You can separate yourself from this relationship. Recovering from a betrayal takes time, a lot of time. It's slow. It's going to be a very slow process. But the more the person who betrayed you is willing to be an open book and be remorseful, the faster the process goes. Each time that person slips up, should they slip up, you have to understand the person who's protecting themselves, they start over from scratch. So yes, even leaving out details because you think, I don't want to upset this person because I feel like we're just starting to make some traction. We're just starting to trust each other again. So honey, I didn't tell you this because I didn't want you to get upset. I felt like we were making really good progress. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. You have to tell them, even if it gets them upset, because being upset is one thing. Having information withheld or you doing a little lie or a small betrayal or whatever it is, that erases whatever progress you've made in the trust category. And I know what you're thinking. You think you're going to get away with it. You think, well, man, I, you know, it was for his or her best interest that I didn't tell them I did this, this, or that. It's no big deal. Mm, no, it's a really big deal. So you must act with integrity. You must remember, if you want to restore trust, you've got to be an open book and it's going to take a long time. A lot longer if you play these games and much quicker if you're very open. And this next piece of advice is going to be a little difficult to swallow. But if you really truly want to restore this relationship and you were the person who was betrayed, As hard as this may sound, it is critical that you remember the person who betrayed you has a very delicate ego, just as we all do. And when we betray someone and we know we've done wrong, like assuming you're not dealing with a sociopath, we carry shame. I mean, none of us are perfect. You've done things that you feel guilt or shame that you did them. And it's not a good feeling. In fact, it's a horrible feeling to know that you've hurt someone that you love. I can't think of anything that feels worse. Even if you've said you're sorry, when you feel bad about yourself, when people feel bad about themselves, right? Because they've been caught and they have shame around it. When people feel bad about themselves, they're not very nice to be around. How do you behave when you feel poorly about yourself? you're not that fun to be around, are you? And that was really hard for me to remember. So when Brett and I started going to therapy and counseling and we're recovering from the gambling addiction, 
I guess, you know, I just had these really unrealistic expectations of how he was supposed to be behaving. He was incredibly remorseful and so dedicated and devoted to fixing it. I gave him some redonkulous demands, like I wanted him in therapy three days a week, two hours each. There were just certain parameters that I needed in place if I was going to start down this journey of restoring our trust. And there were days where like he wouldn't be lovey or happy or whatever it was. I, I just, I had an expectation of how I believed he was supposed to behave and feel. But it was unrealistic to think that he would be jovial and loving and, you know, all these things when he feels like complete crap. He nearly destroyed us and our marriage. And the guilt, the heavy, heavy, heavy shame that he had around that, which he didn't express to me, I didn't know that he felt those things. I just sensed that there were days I thought he had an attitude and I just thought, how dare you? And it wasn't until we really able to talk about that in a therapy session that I came to the realization like, yeah, hello, why am I not even using common sense? Of course, he felt horrible. And that's normal. That's so normal. So keep that in mind. And I hate to say it, but you're going to have to have some empathy in that regard. You also need to remember that you don't have the right to constantly bring this up. If that person has shown remorse and is making every effort to rebuild trust, then you also diminish the relationship if you keep bringing up the past. You undermine the relationship if you're living with resentment. That resentment, as they say, is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. You have to stop thinking about the person who betrayed you as the loser or the evil one. You have to change your perspective and stop thinking of like them versus me. If you want this relationship, friendship or romantic relationship, whatever, you know, maybe it's your family. I don't know. But if you want this relationship to work, you have to stop looking at each other as enemies and realize that the only way you're going to win is by problem solving together. Bringing up the past when you're fighting with a partner or a friend or anyone doesn't serve anyone. It might make you feel righteous in the moment. You might think it, and trust me when I say this, I thought it so often, but we made each other a promise. So when Brett agreed to go to therapy, he asked me, oh, I shouldn't say he asked me because I don't think he like really like gave me like the ultimatum, but he said, I remember him saying, you know, am I going to go through all of this effort and work and make all these changes and have you bring this up all the time? Like, are you going to hold this over my head for the rest of our lives kind of thing? And I think that's maybe we had friends that were doing that. I don't remember why he thought that I would do that, but I promised him, I said, if you don't give me a reason not to trust you, I won't bring it up. I won't bring it up in a fight. I won't keep scoring that way. And I want to say I never have, but I think that would probably be, I don't know, unrealistic. I'm sure I brought it up on occasion and apologized for doing so because bringing up the past just isn't helpful. Your memory of the past and your partner's memory of the past will be very, very different. And it's really frustrating, but that's true. Especially in emotional situations, we just don't remember things the same way. 
And it's not that anybody's lying. It's just we all have our own versions of how things happened, and it just doesn't serve any purpose other than to try to make the other person feel shame. When you focus on the specific betrayal, you lose sight of why it happened, if that makes sense. I think it's more important that you focus on resolution and you have to remember you can't take it personal. I know these things are easier said than done. I did a lot of journaling at that time. Thank goodness for therapists. And lastly, I want to say this. If someone you love has betrayed you in a very hurtful, painful way, and you want to maintain that relationship, I don't recommend you talk to everybody about it because other people won't be as understanding. They're not going to do the work that you're going to do. And then you'll start to worry if they're thinking and doubting and distrusting this person. And do they think that you're weak? It is no one's business, but you do need help. You need support. So find yourself an Al-Anon's anonymous or depending on what type of betrayal you're dealing with, like find yourself a support group, look into therapy. There's nothing better than using a therapist, but your family members are not qualified, nor should they be a part of that process. Your best friend isn't qualified to do this. And it's really no one's business except you and the person who this is between. I really do believe that's super important. I just know too many people talk to everybody about these things, and I understand the desire. Oh, trust me. I wanted to tell every single one of my girlfriends, because I don't have a lot of really, really tight girlfriends, you know, but I've got like 10 really close girlfriends, five that I talk to every single week. Well, 10 that I talk to every single week, but like five that I talk to about like really deep stuff. And I told one of them one. That was it. Because I didn't want them to judge Brett. I knew it was his story. Now, obviously, if we didn't get through, everybody would have known. But we had too many things to work on ourselves. And I had to work on me. I had betrayed my husband too. I'd betrayed him. I had abandoned him for work. And I still am to this day incredibly remorseful for that. I had to make changes. I had to show him. To this day, I still have to prove to him that I deserve his trust in that regard and make sure that I'm putting limits on myself. It's possible. In most cases, I'm not going to tell you it is possible to restore your trust in this person if they're not willing to do the things we talked about in this episode. But if they are, I think you're going to be just fine. And even if you can't, Restore that relationship. You are enough on your own. I love you. I mean it. I love you a lot. And I'll talk to you soon.